Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are talking about three things that salon owners love to see when you're applying to their salons. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my special guest with me today, Douglas McCoy, owner of House of Pop in Spokane, Washington. Welcome, Douglas. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I wanted to chat with you about, from a salon owner's perspective, the three main things that you look for or love to see when hiring new stylists? That's a great question. I think the three main things I like to see when people come, especially fresh out of school, is number one, confidence. Confidence in their speaking, being confident when speaking to others helps with your consultation. I think the other thing is styling, just a simple blow dry. You can use a blow dryer and a brush. Those helping you behind the chair, get clientele, finish works good, work walking out of the salon's good right from the beginning. And it's less work for the owner as far as training goes. And I think the third thing would be shampooing and, and just making that client feel comfortable. What, what makes a good shampoo? What, you know, how do you move your hands? Water temperature, that sort of thing. So I think those would be definitely be the three main things to work on while you're in school so that when you do get out and you're in a salon environment, uh, you're just better prepared. Definitely. So for people listening, obviously that was pretty quick, right? Like here are the three main things. So for anyone listening right now, what I'm going to suggest is grab a notebook and a pen or pencil and jot down some notes because what we're about to talk about is step-by-step on how to achieve those things. And I think that's the beauty of this conversation right now is that, yes, those are three really important details, especially like coming right out of school, like better preparing yourself for. But let's get into the nitty gritty and actually go step by step. How can they achieve these things while still in school? So number one, let's talk about confidence again. What are some ways that you would suggest for them to work on their confidence to get prepared for presenting themselves in front of a salon owner? You gain confidence, number one, is practice. But I would say the main thing to work on is your public school and learning to speak with confidence or how to carry yourself. We used to have to attend very expensive classes and, and they were great. And they really helped with, again, how you speak, how you carry yourself. Now it's just as simple as getting on the internet. There's public speaking coaches out there do this stuff and put it out there for free. That would be my first, first place to go. Mm-hmm. On top of that, and just Google search public speaking. I think from there, it's practice at school. It's practicing with your clients that you're getting, but also practice with the fellow students. Have them sit in your chair and go through the consultation and then get their feedback. Grab your instructors, do the same thing. If there's an, a, a thing happening at school where you have, somebody has to present something, like be the first one to volunteer. It's, it's nerve wracking. Public speaking is the worst, but as you get more comfortable with it, your confidence goes to the root because you know, you can walk into that situation and you can speak knowledgeable mm-hmm. and you can speak with, with a tone in your voice. And that's what your clients are going to look for. The clients aren't going to look for when you get into the salon for you to be timid 
or unsure. It's, it's, you can be unsure, but if the confidence is in your voice and you're able to tell your clients, look, I'm not sure on this one, but we're going to work together on this and, and we're going to make it happen. It, and that right there will get your clients excited. Absolutely. And first and foremost, that's what we're here to do is get our clients excited for the work that's going to be done. But I see so many students coming out of school and they're not confident. They haven't been built up in that way of being sure what they're saying is, is, is right. But it's not only just saying what you're saying is right. It's the voice behind it. Absolutely. I think a, a lot of times some where that timidness can come from with not being sure what they're saying is correct is because they are not sure if what they're saying is correct. But something that I know really helped me, and this was actually advice from you that you gave me many, many years ago, was because I was extremely uncomfortable speaking in front of other people, even in small groups or even like individually. I was also very uncomfortable with being on camera. And I was in a situation where I was having to be on camera a lot more. And I remember you telling me, film myself, even just reading a book either reading a book or writing something down and just just reading it in front of a camera. And I did that. And it it helped a lot. Am I still uncomfortable in front of a camera? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, but I'm I'm able to I feel like I'm able to speak more with confidence behind my words from doing that. Yeah, I you know musicians and and big musicians that still get stage fright and they talk about it. But they've learned how it's it's, it's not that that goes away. They learn how to deal with it and how to handle it and how to overcome that fear. And sitting down, even with your client, is still public speaking. Mm-hmm. So in your room, put your phone on a stand, read a book, sing a song. Books are great just because you're reading something. And then you can play it back as uncomfortable as it is mm-hmm. to watch it back. That's like the worst part. Oh my God. It's the most uncomfortable watching yourself, especially. In the beginning, it's like major cringe fact. But you can you can see where your voice is, is off or it doesn't sound, it's not being projected right. You can start making those critiques and then do it again. Mm-hmm. And this time, focus on that. And, and you do it over and over and over again. You know, we, we all jump on TikTok. These people singing songs, we're doing dances. The same thing. Mm-hmm. Get in there, practice it. And you're, you'll find your voice changes, but as your voice changes, your demeanor changes. And all of a sudden, you know that you can talk and you can describe and you can educate and you can do so with, with a presence. Again, why that's so important is consultations. If you want yeah. to be an educator, if you want to be an educator? Oh, I want to be a platform artist. You know, you hear that all the time when they get out of school. It's like, that's how you do that. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to, no brand's going to put you on stage if you can't talk. Yeah. And that took me forever. I could cut hair. I t- put a camera in front of me. I can cut hair. But having to talk, that takes practice and, and that takes education. Yeah. Doing it repeatedly over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you're all of a sudden, you can stand not only in front of your client, but in front of your peers, in front of other hairdressers. And it just opens up so many doors because so many people can't do that. Yeah. 
Speaking of consultation, like a really good idea and a really easy way to start practicing consultations and speaking with other people when it comes to consultations is basically play a game of guess who. Like, do you remember, do you remember that game, guess who, where you like flip the the things down and you have to describe the person and like, do you have so-and-so with, you know, or like whatever, however the game is played, but get a friend or your teacher or a, a classmate or whatever. Both of y'all pick random looks and don't show each other, but do a consultation and you have to describe the haircut on your phone to your person and do a consultation like that, you know? Because you have to pull it out of the clients a lot of times of what do you want? And I think that's such an easy way to start asking questions, being able to communicate, being able to just describe things that you can't see because we can't look into their heads a lot of times when you're sitting and talking with the client. Like, do that. You know, that's such an easy thing to do in school to practice. It practice, you know, your communication, your descriptive skills, like all of that. He taught you that. I literally just thought of that right now. I'm like, it's literally a game it's of guess so who. No, it's so good. Like, <laughs> like sometimes like on these podcasts, I'm just like, oh my God, a stroke of genius. Like, That's a good one. I like that one. But that's such an easy way to practice. You know, if you are not someone that can sit in front of the camera and watch yourself, because I am telling you right now, that shit is difficult. It is so hard to watch that back. Um, get with somebody, literally get on Pinterest, like find... Two looks, you know, don't tell each other what they are and consult, consult to figure out what that picture on their phone is. Like, it's also teaching you to ask specific questions. Absolutely. Not specific questions, leading questions. Mm-hmm. Where's the length? What's the shape look like? What's the texture look like? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, is it asymmetrical? Is it symmetrical? Is it? Flicky is it you know it's asking very specific leading questions absolutely i think that yeah that's a great one I've been. It's, it's like um the game guess who and 20 questions combined like yeah combine those two things you got yourself like an awesome little conversation practice game i love it awesome okay so let's move on to number two so we got so we got some good stuff down about practicing your communication skills being prepared to interview. Also, just to like slide this in there, if you do not follow Scissor and Moss Social on Instagram, I post quite a bit interview tips, resume tips, like tips to get yourself prepared for salon life. And they are specifically for students. So make sure that you go follow Scissor and Moss Social on Instagram and check out all these awesome tips that I'm putting out there because like these kind of things specifically are what I'm really passionate about sharing with students, you know, making sure that they are prepared for going into a salon and being able to present themselves, communicate, because that's the biggest part. And and not to to pat you guys on the back, but it's what excites me so much about Scissor and Moth is that there are a ton of education, both independent and brand education out there. And it's, it's artistic and it's cool and it teaches new things. There's very few education directed at students and especially students that are getting ready to graduate. Mm-hmm. It's not out there. And if, I mean, I wish I had something like that um, when I gra- I wish there was internet when I graduated, but you know, right. ha- having that, that aspect 
uh, it it should be on every student's and every school's list. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's like, it's my biggest passion is like, I want these kids ready, you know? And when I say kids, that just means anyone in cosmetology school, because like, I'm your mother now, you know, like I'm going to make sure (laughs) that you are prepared for this industry because this industry is really scary, but it is the most incredible industry that there is. And it's like, everybody should be a part of it. You know, I just want people to be prepared. It takes us to the next part, which we brought up which was blow dry blow dry this is this is a passion project of mine just mm-hmm. i think for me you know i'm 30 whatever years into this and my biggest pet peeve owning a salon is when i hire students and they don't know how to hold a brush in a yeah and it's it's so it's like the biggest frustration to me because that's first thing you're two Things you're going to do if you get into an apprenticeship is shampoo and blow dry. Yep. Right off the bat. And if I have to spend umpteen, you know, hours teaching you how to hold a brush in the blow dry, it's not your fault, you know, school's fault, but I, I have to take time. And if you already have those skills, you are so far ahead mm-hmm. of everybody else. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine, knowing how to not only hold a brush and blow dryer, but the types of brushes. When do you use them? Those those are huge. Everybody's got a Dyson now, so it's a little little different. But you know, what's the nozzle for? When do I use it? When do I need brushes? Round brush and a blow dryer. For anyone who's actually just listening and not watching this on YouTube. Douglas is holding a round brush and a blow dryer. I think my my thing with practicing your blow dry is number one, just learning how to pull the brush to your hair. So when you're in school or you're at home practicing on your friends, is just grab the blow dryer and the brush and just work those two together over and over again. How smooth can you get that hair? For me and Again, this is going to be harder for people who are just listening, but it's getting the blow dryer. The nozzle goes through the bristles, not into the brush. So if you picture a round brush, which I think is one of the greatest advice I ever got was all a round brush is, is a roller with a handle. Yeah. And you use it the exact same way. So many people use try to use a round brush like they would use a flat brush, meaning they put it right to the scalp and pull through. But a round brush is just a roller with the handle. So how do you roll a roller? You start at the ends mm-hmm. and roll it down. And so my blow dries and the blow dries that I teach are basically, they're a base hot roller set. Mm-hmm. Or a basic wet set that you learned in school and you swear to God, you will never use. I can feel the eyes rolling right now as people are listening to this. They're, they're saying, oh, I hate perms. I hate roller sets. I hate it. You ask any editorial stylist the things that they recommend that you have to know in order to work editorial. And number one on that list is being able to do solid wet set mm-hmm. every single one of them that's number one wet set it translates into hot rollers hot rollers translates into a round brush 
Yep. And all around and all around brush blow dry is is the hot roller set three days later. Yeah. Right. So do your wet set or your hot roller set that you would do in school, then turn around and do that exact same set with a round brush. And just you can pin it if you want to. You can mm-hmm. let the little drop if you want to. But just getting that dexterity and know when to be on base, when to be off base is huge. And if what you would can- be your most important things about a blow dry for someone to practice right now? Tension. Maintaining tension in that section so that when you're on a round brush, when you're rolling that brush to the scalp, don't lose the tension. So many times I'll watch people and they'll, they'll let off on the tension and you'll get a sag, right? You'll get mm-hmm. a sag like at the root. If you maintain tension, that's even tension all the way through. When you pull that brush out, it's going to be an even curl. If you don't have even tension on the brush, on the hair, when you unroll the brush, the curl's going to sag and it's not going to bounce. Mm-hmm. And for me, who I trained with and the people I hang out with, we're kind of old school as far as when that person's walking down the street after the blowout, that hair should move. It should bounce. It should swing. It should have all that elasticity. In. And what I get a lot of times is evenness, which comes from, again, tension mm-hmm. in your section. Did you let it cool off enough? Mm-hmm. That's a biggie. Don't be in such a rush. If you roll that brush right to the head, give it a minute, right? Just, just, you know, watch it, tap it. I always say, put your hand on the, on the hair that's around the brush as mm-hmm. it's cooling. And as soon as that burn goes away on the back of your hand, it's cool enough. Yeah. You can take it out. But if it's still hot and you take that out, it means it's going to cool with gravity. So again, go into your book. Find that, that hot roller set or that wet set and do that same set, but with a round brush and a blow dryer. Absolutely. I would say, go ahead. So I would say for when it comes to blow drying, two things come to mind for me that are uber important. And I think while you're in school to practice these and get ready to do it in the salon, one, use sections. So like tension is awesome. In a section, because <laughs> I remember so many people just going for it, you know, not sectioning, not clipping, not doing anything, not getting the hair prepared for the blow dry, just kind of like going into the hair to blow dry. And I think practicing those sections and then utilizing your tension is incredibly important because I think that a lot of people will skip that first part of sectioning the hair. You have to section. You have, you have to. to. You have to section in everything. Yes. There's nothing. I, I look any and we'll, we'll agree with this. I will say this right now. There is nothing you do in hairdressing that isn't sectioned first. Yeah. You had to section. Yep. So when I say do a wet set, but with a round brush and a blow dryer, that means sectioning the, <laughs> that off into yeah. that mat. Yes. Pre-section it and pre-section it. Just like you would think of like a big stand-up pin curl, right? Mm-hmm. So when your section, you take that section out. We're talking pre-sectioning here before you even pick up the brush and the blow dryer. But it's like wrap it like you would a stand-up pin curl, just a big one. But 
is that section on base or off base? Mm-hmm. And which way are you trying? Do you want volume there? Like below the occipital bone, nine times out of 10, you really don't want volume there, right? You mm-hmm. want it above the occipital bone. So those sections are going to be off base, right? You're going to get lift there, but you want them, they're going to be off base, but in the, the opposite direction. But below the occipital bone, you can do off base, but, but down. So the roots are coming out from the head. They're down. So you're getting mm-hmm. less in that way or less, less volume. Yeah. But sectioning, sectioning, it, there's nothing <laughs> so important rear that doesn't involve sections. Yeah. You try to do it all in one go. You're just going to have. It's going to be a just- mess. So the second thing that came to mind was I remember being told in school, this was a piece of advice I got from my teacher. And I think it's because none of us were blow drying correctly, but it has always really stuck with me. And she always said, Get the hair up 110% dry. And because no, we weren't drying the hair. Like we were getting it, you know, kind of dry. And I remember that, and it really, really stuck with me as something of when I was in salon working on clients, that was something that I always kept in mind because she just pounded it into our head. The hair needs to be 110% dry. I still see hairdressers in salons not drying the hair all the way. Yeah. And number one, you've just lost control of, of the look because when they walk out that door and it's drying on its, the rest of the way on its own, you have no control over it. Your blow dryer is not going to last. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take the time to do a blowout, it should last them days. Absolutely. Whether it's flat brush, round brush, whatever it is, it should last them a few days. That's what they're paying for. That's quality. But I still see, I'll still go check people's work and put my hands into it. And the roots are still wet. The ends are dry. Mm-hmm. Well done. But the roots, that's just going to tank. Yeah. You know, within 10 minutes of them walking out the door. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And, and pre-dry it. You know, somebody once told me that's kind of stuck to me. And I know you've heard me say this a million times, but you have to get the hair almost dry before you can style it yeah so i always refer to it don't don't try to put a brush through wet hair and this was told to me it's like trying to style wet hair is like trying to iron a wet shirt right you're just dry it's just a workout because the hair's not going to do anything until it's pretty much dry now i can shake now uh, now i can tell it what to do but if it's wet it's not going to do anything Again, it's that workout. It's trying to iron a wet shirt. It's just over and over and over until it's dry. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, there you go. Now the wrinkles are gone. The hair's the same way. And, and, you know, I know we have a mutual friend, Elisa, that, that talks about hair as fabric. And that's no joke. That's exactly what it is. You treat it the same way. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can do to fabric, you can do to hair. Absolutely. You want to, it, you want to keep it. You want, you know, what you want it to do. So get the hair dry or at least 80% dry before you start working a brush through it. And on the back end of that, if it's the hair super curly, leave more moisture in it. The curlier the hair, the more moisture you want in it before you start working. Yep. Just keep in mind, anyone that's listening and like writing down some of these steps on how to achieve these things, what we're specifically talking about right now is like the easiest way to describe it would be like one of those like bombshell blowouts, like a beautiful 
blowout finish. You know, this is going to be like blowing the hair and making it really beautiful. This isn't, we're not diffusing curly hair. We're not talking about, you know, just getting hair dry. Like this is blowout specific. A brush and a blow dryer. And again, round brush or flat brush. Mm-hmm. If you're using a flat brush, when I say flat brush, I mean, I call them, refer to them as 50-50s or Mason Pearson, or it's half nylon, half natural bristle, mm-hmm. flat brush. That's the brush you want when you want that sleek, smooth, mm-hmm. shiny blow dry. Yeah. We're not referring to a paddle brush. It's not because a lot of times schools will refer to a paddle brush as a flat brush. We're talking about a very specific finishing brush. Yeah. Paddle brush is what you get in your kit. and It's just plastic and it's usually square. Mm -hmm. And those are great for getting the hair dry. Yeah. Not for stomp. Yeah. And they're great for long hair. They're great for like getting long hair dry quickly. Dry, not smooth, not, not and not styled. Mm-hmm. Just to get it dry, they're great brushes. But yeah, after that, that's when you want to grab a flat brush. That flat brush is what's going to give you that sleek, shiny. When when Kim Kardashian wears her hair perfectly sleek to her head, that's how that's done. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a flat iron involved as well after the fact. But the prep work is all done that way. And it's the same thing. Get the hair 80, 90% dry, then start working that brush from the nape all the way up. So yeah, those are those with the blow dry. I think those are really good, very specific things that people can practice on right while you're in school. Mm-hmm. You know, watch YouTube tutorials. There's some great stylists out there that will literally walk you through a blow dry. The other thing I think is how you hold the blow dryer. I know some schools have you hold it like, I don't know what you call it. The, not the nozzle, but the handle. Um, oh, like the body of it. Yeah. The body of, of the blow dryer. And I've never, especially working at a tour or backstage, I've never seen anybody hold a blow dryer though. And so I think hold your blow dryer. I'm going to try to describe this without showing it, but hold the blow dryer by the handle. But remember that that blow dryer is not a gun, right? Mm -hmm. Think of it almost like a throttle on a motorcycle to where that blow dryer, the nozzle should be pointed at you. Yeah. Keeps your wrist from bending. Yep. If you hold it that way. And then you can literally hold the blow dryer to the brush, pull through. It's way more comfortable. It's way more efficient for anybody who is actually watching. It's not a gun. If I hold a blow dryer like this I'm, and I use a brush, I'm going to bend my wrist. If I hold it this way to where it's pointed at me, now I can work the blow dryer and the brush together. Yeah. And it's more balanced unless you have a Dyson because the Dyson's back heavy. So it wants to pull out of your Damn, it's quiet though. It's very quiet and very... and. They're lovely. But yeah, practice just holding the blow dryer and not bending your wrist. Where does that blow dryer need? You can sit there yourself and just move that blow dryer around and go, okay, if I'm holding a brush, where does that need? Mm-hmm. You know, the cold shot button is not a trigger. Actually, <laughs> you work the cold shot button with your thumb if you're holding the blow dryer correctly. Mm-hmm. Or I should say correctly, holding the blow dryer comfortably. Yeah, comfortably. Um, yeah, that's there's a million different ways. I don't want to say correct. 
Also, you had mentioned Alicia earlier, and for anyone listening who is interested in learning more about Harris Fabric, I highly recommend my friend Alicia Dotson. Instagram is Main Seamstress. She actually talks quite a bit about different styling tools and hot tools and blow dryers. And so I highly recommend go to Instagram, find her account, and go watch the videos specifically about blow dryers because she talks about different kinds of blow dryers and different heat settings and different temperatures and things like that. So if you are interested, super highly recommend to go check her out because information is solid. I will second that one. Absolutely. All right. So let's move into our third thing, shampooing, which I like, I fully agree with this shampooing, like practice, 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 practice while you were in school shampooing, because it is so incredibly important whether you are going into an assistant program or you are going to go rent a chair or you're going to go just be a hairdresser after school like no matter what your path is in professional beauty if you are going to be touching clients and shampooing them oh my gosh i cannot recommend learning how to do a proper shampoo very early on shampoo it sets the tone as far as the thing is is that the clients are coming in it's stressful out there you just had a great consultation with them. You know, you got, you know where you're going. Everybody feels comfortable. Once that's done, that shampoo needs to literally erase everything that's happening outside yep. of what they're dealing with. It's, it's how you relax them. It's how you pamper them. Mm-hmm. It's how you put them in a state to where now after that shampoo, you can work. Mm-hmm. Now you can get down the business because they're not. They're relaxed. They're not fidgety. They're not like, like that's number one from the shampoo is just to get them to chill out. Yeah. We can go into scalp health. We can go into hair health. That's all great. But in, for me, it's putting them in that nice relaxed state to where when you get back to your chair, they are just ready to just chill out, let you do your work and, and you can do that. If they're relaxed, if you don't get them relaxed in the shampoo, you're using your too much of your nails, you're using too much pressure, you're not using enough pressure. You keep pulling one hand off the head at a time during, during the massage. All those things actually will get them more agitated mm-hmm. or more uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so when you're in school and you learned all those scalp manipulations, go back. And read them again, because that is those yes. scalp manipulations that you do for massage. If you're in the cosmetology program, you're learning massage. That's what that is. And it's on the scalp where to start. So the first thing is both hands on the head, at least one hand on the head at all. Yeah. If you need to never hand, pull away one, one hand stays on their head because if you lose contact with both hands, that shampoo's over. They've all, they've woken up. It's like, okay. And then you go to put both hands back on their head. It's confusing. Yeah. So never take both hands off the head and work your, I know people that work from the nape up, which for some people that's really comfortable. I'm a, I work from the hairline or, or, you know, forehead down because mm-hmm. I'm just trying to push everything out. Yeah. Trying to lift it up. I'm trying to push everything out. And learning how much pressure, and that's going to be individual. You're going to have clients that just want you to just dig in. You're going to have other clients that have a super sensitive scalp. 
That's so me. it's learned <laughs> learning how to adjust. Yeah. Right. It's learning how to, to like looking for those facial responses. Cause if you're rubbing too hard, you can see it in their face mm-hmm. or their eyes yep. or their mouth, you know, right. It, yeah. Just look, don't look comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's really easy that you have one of those people who are staring at you. <laughs> While you're shampooing, that's always fun. How <laughs> comfortable as that is, the best thing to do is ask them: Is that is that okay? Am I doing? You know, am I am I using enough pressure? Am I? You know, ask when you're in school. Ask every single one of your clients if you're shampooing a coworker or another student. Ask them: Okay, how's this feel? Mm-hmm. There's no there's shampoo classes out there to give you the right shampoo. There's, there is no right because it's individual. Absolutely. But don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. As also like as someone who has like personally, I have a very sensitive scalp. I, I'm just very sensitive. And I think it's from years of ballet and my mom like ganking on my hair to put it up in a ballet bun. You know, it's like, ah, like don't touch my head. I love a shampoo. And I would say like find the friend who has a sensitive scalp and practice on them. Because you are going to figure out your pressure. You're going to figure out all of that kind of stuff. Because like, they're going to tell you. Like, they will absolutely tell you because it's going to hurt, you know. But the thing to keep in mind is most people with a sensitive scalp, and I say this just because like, uh, obviously, I have shampooed quite a few clients. I myself have a sensitive scalp. And just from personal experience, like, you're going to figure out a great pressure point on someone with a sensitive scalp. Because someone who doesn't have a sensitive scalp, they're going to enjoy around that same pressure. Because a lot of times, like the pressure is going to be a good fit because you're not digging into somebody, but you're also like, it's just enough and you're going to find that sweet spot. So definitely find that friend who's like, my head hurts all the time, you know? Yeah. And again, just like you said, ask them, Mm -hmm. let them, let them lead you. Yeah. They're going to tell you, like, they're going to let you know, like, because I like, I have gotten shampoos from, it feels like a kitten is licking me. That's not always fun. Like you want a little more pressure. I've also had shampoos where fingers are going into my eyes. And like, I'm like, are you rubbing my makeup off of me? Like, what is happening? Am I talking about you, Douglas? I don't know. (laughs) Douglas is notorious for like leaving that line around your face. Like, don't, you know, it's like those girls who wear like a ton of makeup. Like you're definitely going to come off missing everything around the hairline but you give an awesome shampoo i'm just giving you shit (laughs) but those are things to like keep in mind and to practice you know where are your fingers going when you're around that hairline those are things to keep in mind are you rubbing all of their makeup off are you getting their hairline enough are your fingers going into their eyes or their you know on their makeup is like is the pressure too much like these are all really good things to be consciously aware about to actually think about during the service. And then focus on those places on the scalp where that feel good. You know, when you, we stress, where do we go? We go to our temples, mm-hmm. right? It's just saying, I'm going to rub my temple. That's a place that you need to spend some time. Yeah. All, you know, all along the hairline, that mm-hmm. all, that's where, think of where when you stress out, where your scalp gets tight. Yep. And there's pressure points behind your ear. 
that feel really awesome when you kind of pull back on someone on that bottom hairline and you come up right behind their ears. You're going to feel a divot right back there and you want to put some pressure right there. And oh man, you'll just see them melt when you do that. Same thing right underneath that. Uh, your, what is that? Opposite. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Occipital bone. It's that same thing. You, you know, you come right under there and put a little bit of pressure. That client is just there. Ugh, that stress is going to melt right off of them. Think about when you get a massage, you know, if you're stressed and they rub the mastoid muscles mm-hmm. on the back of your neck, those are all places you want to focus on. And what's really great, it's fine to have both hands there, but if you can have one hand above, like around the hairline, you know, the forehead and one hand underneath where you're almost supporting their head. Yeah. And you can work both that at the same time. Your client's going to fall asleep. Absolutely. Again, the whole point of this is not just to get the hair clean or, or whatever treatment you're using or whatever. The point of that shampoo is to put them in a state that you can work from. Absolutely. When when the surface is all over, they're just like, Oh my God, that was me. You know, that's what's going to bring them back. And you want, you want to have a client. And I'm so glad that we, we are talking about these three, these three things, because if you want that client sticking with you, like 100%, like I'm not going to anyone out. It's the consultation. It's the blowout finisher uh-huh. and it's the shampoo. Absolutely. Everything else is secondary, but those three things loyal client till the end. Absolutely. And I always think, especially on a shampoo, I always think back to, oh, who was it? I don't think it was Tyra Banks, Naomi Campbell, the model. She always used to say that the only way, the only way she trusted a makeup artist, which was with how confident they were when they touched her face. Yeah. If, if they were too soft, if they were too aggressive, you know, she always, you would never work with her again. But she always said that if you could touch her in a way when you applied that makeup that was both soft, but knowledgeable, confident, she, you were her makeup artist on set. And so the shampoo is the exact same thing. Yeah. Is you want to do, you want to shampoo confidently, but not overly aggressive and definitely not too soft. Absolutely. And I won't say too soft because I, I would, trained somebody recently where I've actually never seen somebody like afraid to touch a head. Like her hands just would not get in there. And I worked with her and one of my staff worked with her. And now she's like, clients are coming out of the shampoo room going, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And I was like, got it. Okay. Now you're, now now you understand. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really important that if you are a student or a hairdresser, new professional, and you're like, and you think about your why, and it's like, why are you becoming a hairdresser? Well, I want to make, I want to make people feel beautiful. I want, you know, it's like that, that kind of routine answer of, and it's true, you know, it's, even though it's a routine answer, it is very true. Like we do want to make people feel beautiful in their own skin and all of that, that shampoo is going to do it. If, if that is your why of like, you want to make people feel wonderful and confident and all of that, that shampoo is going to do that for them. That shampoo is going to keep them coming back because for me, it's like 
such an important part of when I get my hair done is that shampoo. I just, it's, it's a vulnerable moment that I just get to relax and let it all melt away before I'm like fully taken care of. Absolutely. And, and, you know, vulnerable moment. Yes. But it is equally as important as being able to cut a line or, or anything else we do as hairdressers. Mm-hmm. The shampoo is not secondary. It is as important as every other aspect of, of the work. I would agree with that. Absolutely. You know, my thing is, is that, you know, I've been doing hair for a while. So it's like, I really don't, I don't want a shampoo. I would much rather have an assistant do it. And it's not because I can't do it. See, I have no problem. I'll, I'll do it, but it's, I want them to learn. I want them to be just as good. And if I'm doing all the shampoos, they don't get to learn and they don't get to get that confidence and that practicing. So. Don't, don't think, you know, somebody asking you to do a shampoo is beneath, and it's never beneath you because it is, that's how important it is. And if somebody, if you get into a tennis program, somebody has you shampoo for them, they're putting so much trust in you to make sure that their client is well taken care of to where the client comes back to their chair, sits down, they're, they're in it. And it's a great way to build that camaraderie with with your fellows you know hairdressers absolutely i know i i have no problem if, if one of my teams says can you do a shampoo for me absolutely and i'm going to give them the best freaking shampoo so that when they get to your chair they're going to be like damn i actually want them to shampoo my hair next time you know it's like yeah. it's like that's how much i'm going for it so don't don't just dismiss the shampoo it is super important mm-hmm and all people like it, like all like uh, humans, like humans like shampoos, you know, yeah. there are the people out there that, that aren't going to like it, but like everybody likes a good shampoo. Everybody likes a good shampoo. So practice and learn, you know, ask questions, practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. What feels good, what doesn't. And yeah. the more you practice and the more you ask those questions, people are going to give you feedback and you'll know what parts to take away. And what parts to add mm-hmm. and and pretty soon you get out of beauty school and <laughs> you get into a salon and your first client will literally be like what do you mean you just graduated like this is the best yeah. who i've ever had so right there you win absolutely well i feel like we gave some really awesome advice i hope everyone listening was able to take notes and kind of figure out you know, a couple of things to get themselves prepared for what salon life will be like. And not every salon is going to value the three things that we just talked about. But if you nail those while you're in school, you are absolutely going to set yourself apart from the rest. If you didn't take notes, I think if you didn't take notes, so as soon as this is over, play it again and take notes and read those notes in front of a camera to yourself and then play it back. That's great. You know, it's like, it's, it's all right here. Start now. Yeah. Don't wait till later, but start with this podcast. Yeah. Make yourself uncomfortable. Be cringy. It's fine. (laughs) You'll think yourself later. It could be uncomfortable because nothing good happens from being overly comfortable because you get lax. So, you know, if you, you don't like blow drying and it makes you uncomfortable, you do it. You don't like, like public speaking, do it. At every 
every chance you get is like step out there because the worst thing that can happen is you suck and then you do it again and you get a little better mm-hmm. again a little better like that's the worst thing that can happen definitely and, you know they're they're right my one of my old mentors the guy i trained with always said the worst thing that can happen is they can say no big deal like do it again get better till they say yes yeah you know make yourself so good that when you walk into that salon and if they have you do a demo you know you walk in the salon and get a job and they have you do a demo and they see that your consultations are on point and your shampoo skills are on point and your blow dry skills are on point like you're there you win which is all we want you guys to do is win so absolutely definitely on that note thank you douglas for coming on today and i super appreciate you sharing all of your words of wisdom to all of the cosmo babies out there and thank you for all of our listeners make sure that you like this episode leave a comment below let us know what you want to hear in the future if you have any questions our dms are always open at scissor and moss social on instagram you can also dm us at the hair nerds if you follow the hair nerds we will answer questions here on the podcast or we'll just text you back directly and make sure that you listen to this podcast on apple itunes spotify and amazon music and we'll catch you all next time all right see you later